Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 88. We are doing something very special today. The boys, Ollie and George, are overseas. George is traveling right now. Ollie is racing in Morocco. So we're going to bring them in at the end of the episode to give their race recaps and all that. But for now, we have a couple of very special guests who are here in Boulder who we cannot pass up the opportunity to have them on the show. So first off, we have... A stand-in host, I guess. Was that what you would refer to it as? Yeah, because, you know, we have a special guest star, yeah. say, but I'm just kind of like, you know, I've been on the show, I can play. Regular. Yeah. And that's Mr. Tom Wang, if you can't recognize his voice, Wom Tang. And then the other one, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to be probably thinking, who is this guy with the mad disguise on? <laughs> I have no idea. What, what is he wearing? It's crazy. But this is... Mr. No Context Track and Field. Wait, is it No Context Track and Field or Track and XC? Well, on my username, it's No Context XC Track. Okay. Um, but I've been referred to No Context Track, No Context Cross Country Track. No, like, I get all the... <laughs> too all much the context. Yeah. Too much context. All of it's just too much context. Too much context. So we're going to get into an interview today with Mr. No Context following up his big citrus mag interview i really wish that we had done that before them because you know we're massive competitors and all that but i think we'll probably just have a better interview if we can't yeah, go yeah. first that we'll one for... yeah that one's if, yeah yeah so we'll try that but before we get into it a little bean shout out uh, this one goes out to bon i guess it'd be pronounced bonner coffee roaches i was about to say boner <laughs> probably bonner uh they're... <laughs> maybe breaked up right now <laughs> Think about our rebranding to Bona Coffee Roasters, but they dropped off some stickers, magnets, and this bag of coffee beans, freshly roasted, Boulder Locals. I posted them on our Coffee Club story, and then I promptly removed it because I accidentally leaked our address in the post. <laughs> uh, professionals here. So thank you very much for that. Very excited to try those local company, and they have a shop here as well. So And the truck. It was I was here, I happened to be here when he knocked on the door and they pulled up with like this nice, beautiful Bona coffee truck. Boner? And he's really, yeah, Boner truck. <laughs> he was really truck. nice. <laughs> Competing with the, you know how, um, what's that, Wiener Dog Company? Yeah, yeah Nathan's. Wiener yeah, truck. it's just <laughs> They got the Boner truck. <laughs> Doesn't really work as well for coffee, but thank you very I'm much. I'm sure they're going to love this. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for the beans. I'm very excited to try them. And one other thing that we wanted to cover before we got into the the proper interview is last episode we have had Kevin Boyle on Kev coaching Kev our new athlete and he pitched to us an app idea and I referenced Tom as our in-house designer <laughs> software designer and said that I would ask him about it and then I asked him about it and I realized this is something that we had talked about before it's an idea that Tom specifically has messaged me about before saying like yeah this is like would be really cool to do um and so my question for you in reference to you know to kind of help give an idea to all the listeners we're talking about collating all these essentially we're talking about a system where we can collate all these results and so then it can be presented well to the fans the audience you know transparency with all these results and upcoming races in particular from the creating that standpoint what does that actually take why is that hard to do and why is it maybe not worth it to yes do? yes well one thank you to everybody who reached out i didn't actually listen to the episode right away but i got a full inbox of uh 
eager young software developers that wanted to like chip in, which is really cool. Um, and then two, um, just a comment before I go get into it, like Kev's idea is really cool. I think his was thinking more like the notification center, which would be like a beautiful feature of, you know, an app that keeps you up to date and, you know, tells you when your athletes are racing. But it, the thing that I had imagined, and I think a bunch of people have imagined, it's not an unoriginal idea. It exists for college and high school in Tifers and Mile Split, but is like a home for all of the, a home that's usable and like explorable and like provides value, more value than maybe, and is easier to navigate than the World Athletics website, but a way to just uh, get track data, get track information, see who's racing, see the schedule, look into athlete, you know, history results, things like that. Um, so that's, you know, that would be like the kind of meat and potatoes of whatever this service is. Uh, like, even if you were to just build the notification part, you're still thinking about how do you warehouse all that data, whether or not you display it or how you display it. Um, and then to get into like your question about the technical um, details, you can actually ask chat. I actually... You know, I've thought about this. I've worked in, you know, I've worked at Tevers before, actually, as a an intern and then on and off in college. I worked actually at a live sports related startup working with live sports data. So, you so know, you're the expert. Yes. The, the <laughs> concepts aren't new to me. The I plugged it into ChatGPT. Like the short answer, if you just want to like tune out of everything I'm going to say, you can actually ask ChatGPT, how do I build a website that, you know, does this or exactly kind of like you just tra take Kevin's transcript it'll spit out something that like gives you kind of a north star to, to make something like this but um, obviously you need to build uh, a front end like a website of some kind for users to interact with and input the dialogue um, or like your number how to contact you and then something in the back end would be like if I were to do it um, and now I'm going to start saying stuff that may not land with everybody, but uh, one Google product, Firebase, is really good for spinning up apps uh, really easily. And, you know, there's notification features in there. There's a database feature in there. That stuff is actually, you know, there's complexity to it, but the hard part is getting all the data in there, which would be like working with whoever is providing that data, whether that's Meets or... World Coaches, Athletics, teams. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's actually the like part I would challenge Kevin to go after. Like, where is it coming from? Like, who's getting it? Because there's no like, you know, at my last company we we use this sports data provider that like the same place that ESPN and Google use, and they charge you a fee for it. But you'd actually be responsible for figuring out all the pro races yourself. Um, and yeah. that's the hard part. That's that's kind of you did lose me there. <laughs> Firebase. Yeah, I was, I was really like, wait, I shouldn't get I shouldn't get any deeper than this. But, but definitely the simple part of which is just the like the obvious difficulty because what athletics does already is I would say what athletics doesn't do it in the most like friendly searchable way. They do show all your results now. Yeah. They have that feature, but they have nothing to do with the scheduling side of it, which is a part that Kevin was talking about a lot. And it is just the reality. Like athletes don't even like know their schedules until a few days before a race. Right. So how is anyone going to have that information freely available? So that is the reality 
of the yeah. big challenge which we face in this sport, which would be solved by a league yeah. where everyone knew <laughs> who was competing all the time. But the way it works at the moment, pretty impossible to find that stuff out. And I do credit athletes when they... I think some athletes do a really good job at posting, this is my outdoor schedule. And I think people appreciate Just that. Just like your lot. last coffee club post. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did that one time. <laughs> little race alert. So I think people do appreciate that a lot because... It is crazy to think that professional athletes are competing. Your favorite professional athlete might be competing, and you might not even know until it's too late to tune in or whatever. So, yeah, there's no like, what I really want, and I like. I I guess it, the closest thing that exists is like the Let's Run homepage for just like your one stop shop. But even then, they're pushing like all of their kind of like media coverage, which is fine. But it's. You still have to do like digging to know what are the races this weekend and why, sh- like who's in them and who has to pay attention. But if there's, you know, there's no simple, easy way where you can yeah. just click through and it, it presents it to you in a way that you would want it to be presented. Right. right. It's always takes a bit of work as a fan. We don't my, make it easy. And my favorite thing about T-Fairs and Milesplit is like going into, you know, Morgan McDonald's page and then going to a race and be like, he got second. Well, who beat him? And it's you so can't nice. actually click into the, on World Athletics, you can't, but. it's so nice so thank you for explaining that does make sense to me a lot better now the challenges that we are facing but perhaps we will work to try combat those challenges we'll see (laughs) but working into the uh the big interview with mr no context now (laughs) (laughs) are you nervous uh just a little bit but uh tom's little ramble just put me to sleep a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) me too actually i wasn't gonna say anything yeah all right i dug myself a hole First question, who are you? Uh, that's too much context. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trick question and you answered that correctly. Now, I think one thing that the three of us can connect on and have a nice chat about is the media side of the sport of track and field. Uh, Tom is a big fan and now he's he's probably one of the most connected people <laughs> in terms of knows very well very well a lot of people who are very involved in media side of sport and now he's breaking into it himself perhaps working into me, it yeah on ambassador yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, whoa, 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 wait. this interview is not about me though <laughs> and then <laughs> mr no context here is that what i should call you yeah that's yeah. fine no context well mr reveals like his gender there's no context already, gender. yeah i've already said that I'm okay, male? Yeah, okay. yeah mr that's... no context has the fastest growing meme page in the sport fastest growing page in general in the sport which we all love especially i think i can't imagine how much high schoolers love it because us pro runners love it so much it's so entertaining to us and so and obviously i am also very interested in this stuff it's kind of my my job to to be involved in all of it so pretty much starting from a very basic broad question what has running this meme page taught you about the running world and you could touch on specifically like the business side of it i know you're kind of getting to that now but just in a basic level like what has it made you think about the running world that you maybe didn't think about before you had a highly successful meme page um well there's a lot of stuff that's made me think about um between all of the botched results pages that i <laughs> post um or like mid-race when it says that um someone's running the ten thousand meter steeple or uh people are racing that aren't actually racing um, so it definitely shows like that side of the sport that definitely uh, needs some help. 
Um, You're so good at exposing people. Yeah, yeah. so it doesn't oh, land on my page as much. <laughs> um, but then another thing is, uh, as you mentioned, I'm getting into the business side, um, but learning uh, kind of how, learning going in depth and how like the business side of running works and realizing it's a lot more complicated than, I mean, we all know it's kind of messed up, but just realizing how much like hoops there are to jump through just to even just try to be somewhat successful. Um, and that's, you know, this is part of, I don't know if I'll ever be able to change it, but, uh, at least posting about it makes, uh, brings a little awareness to it. Yeah. No, yeah. You've been like the hub, I would say the hub of like pop culture and running at I, least I for, yeah, there's no, like you, you serve like a, such a unique purpose and you're really good at it. There's no other page or outlet. There's no consistent con- content creator that I enjoy as much as your page. And that's the thing. It's something that I've talked about before where on the most basic level, when you talk about running as a professional sport, it's an entertainment industry. So you're looking for ways to make it as entertaining as possible. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is amazing performances, inspiring performances. But a lot of the time we just want something to laugh at. Yeah. Like you're not going to beat something that you just can like, it's man, like someone can break the world record, but I might laugh at him. I might be more interested in some really good meme than yeah, yeah, someone yeah, breaking yeah, the world yeah. record on a given day, no, depending yeah. how I'm feeling. <laughs> so, and it is something that is hard to achieve in this sport because of just the way personalities are often, it's hard to show them. In other sports, it's a lot easier, you know. Yeah. Like you can think of how in the NBA, you can fall in love with the, all these characters, the people, yeah. and they can show it in these interviews and all that but in this sport it is a lot more difficult so your page definitely is filling that void in my life personally and for a lot of people i think there's not really there's no like big youtube channel or anything yeah. that i'm really into citrus mag they're big and they're really good at what they do but they're not trying to be funny yeah they're just all like very like professional news um, Actually, they, they do so. They do try to be, but they, <laughs> they, they, their Twitter bio it does this and humor. I think <laughs> so, they do try to be funny sometimes, but I think Tommy Thomas really wanted to say this. Like, should Actually, I say that? They do. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But, I think yeah. my page just does it's humor different. a little bit better <laughs> than Chris and Kyle. And all those guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's beef. <laughs> I mean, two competing media companies, you know, it's like two media giants <laughs> yeah. in the sport. I don't know how, I guess Sidious Mag probably has like 100K. What do they have? They probably, What's Sidious? They're, Citrus Mag, sorry. <laughs> they're pretty big. Yeah, yeah. They talked about that in their interview. Yeah. You, you guys, right? Compared. Yeah. It was, well, that was, I don't know how many followers I had back then. It was probably like 24 or 25. What um, do you know? 29.1, I think. 29.1 and growing. Yeah. What is your daily growth rate? Um... Well, there's like, I've had a couple off days, um, recently, like just between traveling and I haven't been posting as much. Um, but for since like January or December, I've had a consistent growth of a hundred or more followers a day. That's really impressive. Yeah. So what does that equate to? You're just going to, I guess eventually it's an infinity. Yeah. yeah I, think right you, I would, I'd round up to infinity. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, as far as every, I don't know a runner who doesn't know the page. So, but we did have, <laughs> we did have a talk yesterday where you said you did comment your interest as to how far that's going to go, because eventually you would think 
it's very impressive to consistently grow that much, but you would think that eventually there would be a cap on it. Well, yeah. I mean, high school track has like the largest uh, participation in America, but like, I mean, there's not an infinite amount of kids that are going to follow it. And like, how many, how many more people are there out there that are like going to follow it? And like one day it's just going to like flatline. I suppose though, if you think about it, how many kids start track every year? Yeah. 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 There's really, there's like a, yeah, you're like barely scratching the surface of like the potential. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. See where you go. I am very interested as to how you're going to turn it into a business. You don't have to reveal anything here. I'm sure you have. I'm trying to figure that out. (laughs) So we can do a little round table. I'm just imagining that, you know, when someone has something that works as well as what you're doing works, everyone wants to be a part of it because it's really hard to organically achieve that. No Mm -hmm. company can manufacture that. So pretty much companies have to just find their way to be a part of it, like jump on the bandwagon. I know you're speaking to companies. I know you'd be working on that. I wouldn't be surprised if World Athletics is reaching out to you and being like, hey, we need you to like reach this audience because like we're not doing it. So if they're smart. If they're smart. Yeah, they haven't they haven't hit me up yet, but <laughs> they have this is an open call. Yeah. Sebco, You're on notice. Please. <laughs> Sebco, definitely listen yeah. to this one. But we cause I see sometimes World Athletics will be like looking for social media intern and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just like what are they do? What are they trying? You know how they tried to make a lot of memes. Yeah, yeah. during that. Um, yeah, whatever. They, they had the phase where they're doing the the split faces mm-hmm. and all that. Oh, yeah, they've kind of cooled off a bit. Uh, Safan Hassan's day off. What was that one? Um, it was during. I think it was either during the Olympics or World Champs when she was doing the triple. Um, so like she only had like a couple days like throughout the entire competition where she wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. or wasn't racing. So they made up like all these like outlandish things like from race pictures like into her like water sliding and like r- riding a horse. Oh, I think I've seen these pictures actually. <laughs> yeah, dude, you could those all those water athletics memes could probably just be sent to you and reposted yeah, on your and account just as like, like do nice real try. numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. nice try water yeah. athletics. <laughs> like we're gonna love that you, unfortunately. But we've talked about um, the growth side of it a bit. But looking at what does it actually take on your end to run that page? How much work are you putting in? Well, early in the account, um, I was doing like most or all the work, um, scrolling to the bottom of professional runners, Twitters and, uh, you know, doing all, all that fun stuff. Probably, I don't want to know how many hours are spending a day on it. <laughs> um, yeah, hard work. Uh, but then now what it's transitioned to, because I have so many followers and I get so many DMS from everyone every day, I just go through my DMS is like 90 something percent of my content is just sent to me now. Um, so it's nice to not have to do all that much work. It's kind of like a pass. Well, not passive. Cause I definitely still have to like curate and figure out like when I'm going to post stuff, but What's your daily Instagram usage? Do you check that? Uh, yeah, I try to be your screen time. Be conscious of that because <laughs> um, you're a busy man. If you I, if you follow no context as uh, from the subscriber, you would see this is a busy man getting a degree yeah, in chemistry. Right, yeah, grinding. He's, <laughs> that's he's, no this, joke. Yeah, and you just, you just, yeah, you just yeah. did a full seat like a full year of organic chemistry. Yeah, collegiate running and running the most popular meme page on, in running. Yeah, don't forget that uh, <laughs> analytical chemistry last semester. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, that was what was he? Did you check your time? Yeah, it was like two and a half hours. Oh, that's probably less than. It's probably less than me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> very impressive. Yeah, you're very disciplined. I guess that's what yeah. it takes. Uh, it is, I think, so cool. I think that's part of what makes it so special is the crowd sourcing the mm-hmm. involvement from everyone. I know many of my teammates have sent you a lot of pictures <laughs> that end up on there. Well, like my, I, I spend some time uh, occasionally volunteering for my high school, like as a track coach and at meets, they'll sit like the kids are saying like, we got to get on no contact. <laughs> like they're like plotting how to get on no contacts and thinking about it actively. What is the worst form of like a self submission that you've ever received? Or like these kids are trying way too hard to get on here. Um, well there, there's definitely like obvious ones. Um, I don't know if I should name drop them or not. Mm, um, say what it is yeah. say what it is first and we'll, then we can assess if it's how embarrassing it is <laughs> right. how, how detrimental their reputation it is well um he sent me um a shirtless mirror selfie of him uh he's wearing like short shorts and uh high socks with sunglasses um and then he dm'd it to me and said post this and tag me um that's a professional runner no it's oh, a, right. a pretty uh well-known high schooler you, you know there's like if you made like a like a an, uh, reverse account inverse account where it was just like the posts that are rejected from your <laughs> like for your main account it would probably do pretty well too <laughs> like where you everyone views it in the context of like that wasn't good enough <laughs> not good enough just to like, context. Yeah. And like as a punishment you provide full context <laughs> That would be actually yeah, that's what yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that, that reminds me of there's a lot of they're not uh, they're not accounts that are trying to copy you but they're accounts that are trying to play off you like there's yeah. no context burner oh yeah um, burner and backup are both uh, like mine oh, oh that's you that's you yeah I just have those <laughs> to, to comment sometimes they have like the best comments too. <laughs> yeah sometimes I mean I, I don't Wait, know if I should have I shouldn't have yeah, we that. Gotta, yeah we gotta yeah we gotta I totally thought that was someone else playing with a joke and their whole joke was just commenting on only your Dude, I, thought, I was like, those kids are genius. Whoever's playing off of them. No, well, you're just a super genius. Are they backups? Some, like in case you get to... Well, the, the backup is an actual backup. Like I, I only posted like eight things on it. Um, okay. But it's got like 500 followers, which is kind of funny. But... Um, the idea you don't start from nothing if you... I guess. If the whole it was, it was more of just like as like a place to like comment stuff yeah, because yeah, yeah. sometimes... Like I'll I'll be looking through the comment section and I'll I'll want like a specific pop culture reference <laughs> and yeah, like yeah, no yeah. one seeming to get it and then once I comment then it's like um, but that was like more in the beginning because people were like still like kind of unsure about what the account was um, so I don't use those as much anymore. Did someone make an account at one point that was context track and field? Yeah, and they there would was, just put like was that you captions? Well? No, that wasn't <laughs> on your me. pictures. There was. Um, there's context XE track. There's some context XE track. Um, I think there was a little context XE track. But then on top of that, there's all of these high school um, pages that are coming out as well. Like uh, like whatever high school, like BHS, no context XE track. Their um, own versions. Yeah, yeah. And like there, I think there's like an Illinois one or something like that. And like a bunch of like a whole ones for like different sections of a state. So it's... <laughs> It's a no context multiverse. Yeah, it's amazing. What was your inspiration for the page? Because it it exists in all sports, I, I imagine. Yeah, I, I think there's um, 
there's no context. Like you're just talk, telling me about, uh, no context humans. Yeah, on that one is wild. Uh, I, I said that one's got like two million followers. Yeah. 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 Um, but so I had my old uh, meme account running content memes. Um, Wait, you run running content memes? Yeah. How big is that? Uh, well, it, when I stopped posting on it, which was probably about a year ago now, it had like 3,000 followers, but I just kept it in the bio of no context XC track and it's grown to like 4,000, like 200 or something like that. So this is but not you an overnight success story. You've been working no, on this. Yeah, it's, it's, I've been on like the Instagram meme since like summer 2020. That's so impressive. Yeah. A lot of great, a lot of like modern tracking bell content was like born that summer. You're going to get hired by... You're gonna get hired by probably Wendy's just to make memes for them. Like a big corporation, you know, where their whole thing now is like, let's capture this audience via the kids right. via memes. Right. And there's because there's there's got to be no better resume than, hey, I have, I I have run this meme. Yeah. I run I run three successful yeah. meme yeah. accounts. So yeah, this no. is, I mean, I don't I, I do want to ask you about your early beginnings. Like was because I'm trying to say like. This is, you got the last laugh here, but in the early days, what was it like when you were just grinding and you have to start an Instagram account from zero followers? That's got to be pretty daunting and people are going to be looking at you like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. Well, so that like running content memes, how I started that, um, I was watching like a lot of running YouTube, which was the one that started to take off. Um, and I like, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought a lot of the videos were funny and I just kind of made like a couple memes about it. And I was like oh, you know what, like, I could actually, like, make, like, something, um, I kind of want an outlet for this, like, I'm, I'm not doing anything else, it's, it's summer, it's COVID, like, um, I just want, I can use my free time for this, and so then I started making more memes, and then as that grew, I found more YouTubers and Instagram, uh, runners on Instagram to follow, and then that kind of built up, uh, the account to what it was, um, and then from there, I just had like a bunch of random fo uh, photos of pro runners in my camera roll. And I was freshman in college at that point. And I was like, well, I don't want to delete like all these because these photos are like pretty great. But these don't really fit into the niche of uh, running content memes because all of those ones were just like about a specific video or like a specific race or something. And so I was like, so my roommate or uh, my roommate from last year, he was like, oh, like you should make like a no context page. Um, and then I was like, yeah, like I'm going to make like no context XC track. Mm -hmm. And then that was kind of. That was it. Gave myself a Rest shout out on running content memes. And then it just kind of went from there. It's an, it's an amazing growth hack that like when someone gets posted on yeah. no context, like they just want to share it. So like it's just like constantly being. Yeah. Yeah, what's the biggest person that has reposted one of your posts? Uh, Danny Duncan, when he was, oh, yeah. when he was at Stanford, because like he and Whoa. he and Charles Hicks are like friends because they're both from Florida, and they're both um, YouTubers. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I I have a picture of his mile split somewhere in my camera roll. Um, what are his PRs? I I can't I couldn't say, <laughs> but um, when he po he reposted the picture of him just like sitting in the corner like over by the finish line like on the track at Stanford, um, he's got like three points whatever million followers. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's huge. He's much bigger than the yeah. He's much bigger than the sport. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Wow. I did not expect yeah. you to say Danny Duncan. He is, I mean, a lot of our listeners will know who he is. He's a big prankster on YouTube. Probably biggest with kids. But he's got the funniest connection to running. He loves running because he grew up doing track and cross country, I think. So some of his video, he's like, does the most wild classic Florida man pranks. And then he'll just like go to a track meet. He went to the Stanford track meet. He's gone to like cross country meets before. He's friends with Andrew Weeding. <laughs> the sport is like not taking advantage of this at all. Yeah. It's like a... Well, and then after he went to the hitting. Stanford meet, he was up at like Oregon, like taking yeah. a tour of Hayward Field, yeah, and posting his story, like and in the locker room and everything. Oh, like it's like, it was so. Andy was talking to him. I don't know if I can say this. Pretty much, Andy was talking to him about like us doing something with him, and I said, I said to Andy, I will fly to Florida on zero notice to do anything. You'd pay with out him. of pocket. I would do zero <laughs> notice to do anything with him. Just say the word. Haven't heard the word yet. Still waiting on the word. But he is, he is, he transcends the sport. He's just massive creator. He just knows how to make things sell, makes bucket loads of money and has a lot of fun with it. And he's very entertaining. So would be a very good person to yeah integrate more of the sport if we could. But yeah. that's a great answer to that question. What Danny Duncan your Invitational. Yeah. Ooh. Were they like, yeah. I would love meat run by him. See what his... If he pretty much what pretty much <laughs> that would what, be nuts. Yeah, I don't know if you'd want to be at that meet. <laughs> That's what we're trying to achieve. I'd want to watch a video festival. about that. <laughs> it would be madness. Yeah. It'd be madness. Um, but yeah, one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you is it's kind of surreal. So you took the trip to Boulder. Yeah. And you're getting to meet for the first time a few professional runners. Yeah, including yourself. Including myself, who you were fans of. And then we, you come meet us, and then we're like, "Whoa, we're massive fans of you." Yeah, that was. Um, I first got here and um, went on a run, uh, and then ended up at the Niwot track um, after a couple professionals workouts, and uh, passed out some stickers. And I was like, "I'm like huge fans of you guys," and uh, it was uh, Josette, um, Alicia was there. Uh, Joe was there, Carmela, um, some of the OAC down under mm-hmm. um, people um, almost got uh, taken <laughs> taken out by Ritz when he was uh, running on the infield. Um, some of Team Boss and some of Tin Man. Ritz follows you as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he it's does. Um, Jordy Beamish does not though. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't call it out. Thank, thank God you guys are in the same room. That'd be too. Yeah, yeah. We'd be, yeah. We'd be well, able to take that. Yeah. But um, I was passing out stickers, and then Robbie Andrews comes over, and he's like, it's like Christmas, but you get to meet Santa Claus. And I was like, <laughs> you, I don't think you realize, like, how big of fans, like, I'm of, like, all of you guys, and you are you guys, like, are coming over to me, like, wanting to meet me. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like a, a weird, uh, like, mix where it's like, oh, like, I have, like, a lot of followers and stuff, but I'm, like, same time, like... Oh, you you got you like won the US 10k champ like <laughs> you like um, you've like been to the Olympics and world's championship like um, yeah. and I'm just like over here running a meme page <laughs> <laughs> no man it's what you do is we love it so much and we I think every day like with almost every day of training we're probably talking about what you posted that's how that's how relevant you are in our lives you give them hope you give the pros hope yeah, like, you give them you something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, is is the OAC your favorite team? Yeah, 
yeah definitely who's your favorite if you, if you couldn't tell by the the <laughs> like severe uh <laughs> amount no of content com- do you feel bad sometimes that you sometimes i do because i'm like oh man I, I already posted morgan like three times this week i'm <laughs> i'm gonna save this one for later or something like that or like oh man do i not have anything of like bowerman or something <laughs> i mean bower, bowel movement <laughs> I would love to see the data on like the most po- most frequently post athletes, and that would be interesting. Someone in the Discord can yeah, take yeah, care yeah. of that. Hopefully. And who and who like who do you not who do you personally want to post more of, but don't get enough submissions for? Um, probably um, like throwers because I I just got like into the thrower market. That was huge when yeah. uh, you throwers throwers universe. Yeah, that um, was... when they posted or reposted something of mine, I got like a ton more thrower followers. But then, like, and I post, I tried to post like another thrower thing. But then, like, the next like two weeks, I was like, I don't have anything like thrower related. I feel kind of bad because I just got like two hundred followers from this account alone. And then they like trying to give them some content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure if you posted on your story, like, yeah, throwers hit me up. But then was it yes- probably yesterday you posted a very good one. Was it yesterday? The Let's Run thread? Oh, uh, yeah, that was, well, I that was a repost. They reposted oh, okay. it. So that was the one from but, two weeks ago. Yeah, that was, um, or actually that one might have been from like a couple months ago now. For the, but, for the listeners, what could you recap what the post uh, was? <laughs> it's an all out, uh, or 1500 meter race between Ryan Krauser and Alicia Monson. <laughs> It's a 1,500-meter track that's like, goes straight, so Ryan Krauser can't wait for Alicia and, like, body slam her. Wait, like, yeah, wait that's, a, that's, that's a critical yeah, component. Oh, but <laughs> it's all, like, all contact is legal. <laughs> Who, who's who's going to win? You know, we, we had the exact same talks in college where we were like, what if they did a version of cross-country where you were, it was full contact, and so, like, your team would be made up of, like, really good runners and then people who were just like the brawlers right right it would turn into it, i mean that's kind of what football like i mean yeah it'd be like endurance football point. with yeah. like an o-line and <laughs> did, have you have, have you talked to alicia about that post as she I probably because i know it did yeah did ryan krauser comment on it uh i think he did when i originally was he down it. um i think so we should you're probably Get no. that going. Balls in your court, Alicia. <laughs> the thing with that race is if you play it out in your head, if it's a straight line, the track, everything is going to happen in the first 50 meters because yeah. if he doesn't catch her in the first... If he doesn't catch her right. then and he's never restrain her in the first 50 meters, yeah. Well, I, my follow-up question, I didn't read the third in detail. What lanes are they in and can they exit their lanes? Obviously, they I, can exit they their didn't, They didn't go into like that specific. Because then, you, but, you know... Then it's kind of like horizontal agility as well. <laughs> yeah. like there's like a different, we're talking like a different plane of movement. It's just a game of chase. For, for <laughs> just 50, tag. Yeah. 50 years. Yeah. It's just, can Ryan Krauser restrain Alicia? <laughs> and can she gap him? And if then, he's gapped, it's over. Can she, can she outmaneuver him? Yeah. Outsmart him. I don't know. Like, you know. There, there could be a lot of tactics <laughs> that come play you. But yeah, the throw is, I, I didn't expect you to say that, but that would be a great, I mean, yeah. Do you think that you've infiltrated the sprint market? No, that's the other one. I I mean, like, especially during, like, cross-country season, I remember I got a comment was like, why aren't you posting sprinters? And I was like, oh, it's, like, cross-country season, so there's not, like, a lot of sprinting going on. Um, but, yeah, so I definitely feel like I could do a lot more with sprinters as well. Yeah, Got to sh- get Shikari on there or something. Yeah. yeah. In your defense, like, it's also submission-based, so it's up to... Yeah. 
you know, I mean, obviously you could like, yeah, post it, you could yeah. solicit some more, but like, it's up to the sprinters. There is some take some better take some crazy. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about other. it, there has been some amazing <laughs> jumpers sprinting and probably jumping stuff as well. That's yeah. been going yeah. in the last few weeks. Did you post when the there? Yeah, you posted the four by four between was it USC and oh yeah yeah when they, they both of them got disqualified yeah. at a yeah. dual meet. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I found out about it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> to go back to source. like you're yeah, my like primary going to take over as track news as yeah, well. Yeah, so have there been any? I'm just firing questions away have there been any pro runners that you've posted something and then they've gotten offended by it and you've felt bad and had to take it down or apologize to them i don't think there's it has been a pro like because usually like the um it's pretty like the stuff that asks to get taken down is like more uh no i don't i don't want to say that it's too like personal but i don't think i've had an issue with the pro it's mostly been um, like high schoolers. Yeah. So what's part? What's your filtering process between posts that you're thinking this is funny, but I can't post it for these reasons. How do you go through them like that? Um, sometimes it's just like depending on what I'm feeling. Like if I'm like, oh, I like I'm not I don't want to post anything risky. Like right now, I like already. D- just had like a risky post but sometimes you're in the mood to but, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. there's a time and place um but like for the most part i try like anything with like uh drinking like um stay away from unless like they're like uh brand like, safety over nice. yeah. like <laughs> definitely over 21 because like there will be like i've gotten ones from like college parties i'm like i just don't want to yeah that's messy um yeah, be real messy you, and then like any like not like um, performance enhancing drugs, but just, uh, <laughs> just you're gonna make submissions for next <laughs> break. You're gonna just like the, take down all the big people. Cliffy's just taking a picture. Just, uh, just the recreational drug use. I haven't posted any of that. Just, that's yeah. respect. That's, I I appreciate that. That's, that's you know what that makes me think of? Do you guys? This is a real weird reference right now, but in the. I would say this is like the golden era of new gen content mm-hmm. when they were making the Colorado footage. He oh, had yeah. he had Summer stuff in his videos. Yeah, of like yeah, yeah, yeah I remember like, that. It's like, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna get these kids in so much trouble. Oh, so so how, have have there been like a lot of take? Is it a frequent thing or is it really oh, just when, once in a blue moon? Um, like the I think I've ever taken down. down like. Well, I've only taken down. I've only like deleted like three or four posts like actually and okay. then there's been like because i post like a bunch of photos in one post so i'll like delete like one specific photo i've probably yeah. done that like five or six times yeah. but it, i i feel like for the most part i do a decent job of yeah not going too far yeah yeah but, i think know. so too how much blackmail do you have on people <laughs> you I, you're like the most dangerous yeah. person in this you, might, you, you have a photo <laughs> where you put the, the I should phone, probably the so I don't like the goodies because there is some stuff in there that like I um, like one of the things I sent you mm-hmm. whoa <laughs> what does that mean right, one of the things one of the I'll things, one of shared, things you, you he, sent yourself he has shared some pictures with me about teammates that would be quite damaging to oh, oh I re- okay i've seen i was yeah. here i saw, I saw that one <laughs> that was sent to him from just yeah, complete yeah. randoms right right yeah. yeah um what were we talking about <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty actually that's like the beauty of you getting out here meeting the pros because like 
then you can have those like you have to like I've never been able to show anybody this and I never yeah, will, but no. you gotta see this. Yeah, that is that is nice because I'm like, because I can't post that and I I couldn't even like I don't even know if sending it to you, but it's just like in person, this I was just kind of funny. Yeah, like look at this. Yeah. I got this. The Adam Levine. Look deals. at what your <laughs> look at what your teammates are doing. <laughs> can't say anything more. Can't say anything more about that. You should start an OnlyFans way. No, that's, you can't do that actually. <laughs> what? No, no. People have asked. What? It's not like you have to post like crazy stuff there but it's just like a paywall for like even better stuff that i guess well you, you literally have a subscriber <laughs> yeah, yeah you do yeah, yeah which the funniest thing about that is you accidentally did that right yeah well yeah i i was just trying to set up like my banking information with instagram so that i could like because j- just for down the road stuff and then it like automatically set up my subscriptions and then like the who are, next who are your first two the, subscribers the next like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how long it took, but next thing I knew, the two people sitting at this table <laughs> had both subscribed yeah. to the account. Did you? So, did you just? I got a post. I got a push notification, yeah, yeah. and I was like, I was done. Instant. I was instant subscriber. I would pay more. Yeah. I don't Such pay enough buying. actually. I'll Venmo you after well, this. Well, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit sad because, uh, as I said before. Pretty much the daily post to the subscribers was you and chemistry lab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now that you're in, on summer break, I'm not getting my yeah, I'm not getting my fix. Yeah, yeah. You could, if you could, I don't know, maybe I'll like do some something you eat or something. Oh yeah. Are you gonna replace it with something you else? Have homework? Like, no, like, I'm just like I'll like do like baking soda volcanoes yeah, in my yeah, kitchen yeah. or something. That'd be pretty. That'd be yeah, really make up subscriber content. Yeah, yeah. You gotta keep. Well, that we should summer. actually we should actually keep that under wraps because we pay for it. <laughs> well, we should not tell people. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is that when I, I'm pretty sure this is true, when I comment on something, I get a little badge. Yeah, yeah. yeah so if you tell, yeah. if you look in the comment section, you'll usually see these guys, and they'll have like a a purple like crown like next to their name. Yeah. But you only have one post that you've done for only subscribers. Yeah. Well, that was just testing it out because. So I didn't. I mean, I don't want to like. So you should put them all crazy. I guess <laughs> you're not really in a position to do that yet. You gotta. You're more in a growth phase. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll move into the monetization yeah. phase. Yeah. So yeah. I will say it's the I know someone, um, shout out to Cardell. He's a subscriber <laughs> and that got him like a congrats comment from you. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Always it pay, it's worth it. How many subscribers do you have? Can you reveal? I have twenty. Okay. Modest. Yeah. Modest yeah. That's good money. But That's I wonder like, how many of the subscribers I would know. Um well, uh one of them's on your team, Mario. Mm-hmm. Well, two um, of them. They might not. Anonymous. Oh yeah, there's. Well, you know like another data. another person um, who also lives out in Boulder. Okay. And then. So probably like five to ten. The rest are like high schoolers. Okay, I probably don't know any of the high yeah. schoolers. So but we got to get those. If you're watching this, you it's so worth it. It's Go nine subscribe. Nine cents a month. Yeah. And yeah. It gives you essentially. All yeah. access pass. <laughs> you, get to, you get to spend all my lab time with me. <laughs> Last semester when I was in lab three times a week, I was I was posting on there. Yeah. <laughs> just I'm crushing just, the lab content. I'm just thinking about it from the perspective of this guy is giving me so much entertaining yeah, content exactly. every single day. The least I can do is give him 99 cents a month. <laughs> you know, he, he's earned it and more. So yeah. everyone Absolutely. check him out, subscribe. Let's get those numbers up a little bit because... It's well deserved, and then maybe he can <laughs> see the thing is with that main page is like I don't even what that money is just like 
I was trying to think like I was gonna say like you could invest that money in like your account somehow, but I don't even know what you could do. That's why we don't run successful meme pages. <laughs> yeah, you need to be investing in this. this, yeah. and this. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't even yeah, think yeah. about it. Wouldn't even think about it. So you've come such a long way and got a long long road ahead of you. Um, is there any other questions that we have today that are missing the context, Tom? Yeah, all mine revolve around like your secret folder of the. <laughs> <laughs> the rejects the camp posts the two fars the x-rated yeah. content um, is there anything else that you want to talk about while we have you on the show um I I don't think so other than a uh, little apology to Ollie um back during Worlds I may have made a premature post um that similar to Tom's tattoo may have led to poor performance um and what did you do uh, I posted uh, him wearing a gold medal from Worlds <laughs> before he was out of the second round. <laughs> and that's like my biggest regret with that account, with this account, is because this is the, the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, I'm sure Ollie will greatly appreciate hearing that apology <laughs> and knowing who to finally, finally who to blame. Yeah. It wasn't even Eugene, it was me. Yeah, (laughs) there was no context all along. Well, thank you very much for coming on. It's been much appreciated. It's been a lovely chat with you. Um, I think from here on the show, we'll hopefully just be getting into a little race recap with the boys, Ollie and George. So we'll be back in a second. And we're back. And if you're watching the video, you can see that the settings have dramatically changed. The boys are here in St. Moritz. Guys, how are you guys settling in there? Very well. Pretty yeah. good, yeah. Good to be back. Quite a wintry Samaritz. We're actually, we're slightly underdressed for the occasion right now. But this is, uh, what are we, 8.15 p.m. or something? Yeah. So 8 o'clock. That's pretty good if you're watching. Yeah. Otherwise, to explain it, there's a mountain and there's some sun still at, at this hour of the night. But way more snow than I was expecting. Like all the mountains around here, still covered in snow. So some chilly mornings and nights, but yeah, beautiful during the day. Same old, yeah. same old Samaritz. Just back, just feels like you never left, huh? It's I always forget how beautiful it is. And then every time everyone floods in there, I just see all these pictures on Instagram. Like, yeah, it's still so pretty because Boulder is just like, it's. I guess it's not actually in the mountains. If we, if we were in a town that was in the mountains here in Colorado, maybe it would be comparable. But compared to Boulder, it's it's a different universe up there. So It's like being uh, in Frisco. Actually, this reminds Where? me a bit of Frisco. Frisco, Colorado. Like up the 70, there's like a lake and like mountains and a town. So it's like the Swiss version of that. I love that town. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, we should relocate the group there then. I don't know. See, they crank see what out construction here though. It's what we've come to realize. <sighs> Every time we come back. Maybe it's because the winter, they just can't do anything. But we get back here and we're sitting up on this like nice balcony during the day. And there's just jackhammer noises all day. <laughs> they're, pretty, they're pretty efficient. They get things done. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a vibe because... Lane. Oh, sorry, Mom. Oh, They're putting in a I couple saw, more lanes. I, I saw construction. Right. Maybe adding two That's lanes big. or something? Preparing they, for add a, late, they add lane six in there. Preparing for a very busy pre-World Champs uh, mm. time, we're guessing. Yeah, it'll be hectic in the next few months. I can imagine a lot of federations are going to be based up here using the resources and the beautiful uh, surroundings to get ready for Budapest. So it'll be pretty interesting, I think, just to like kind of use the track in any way shape or form like i think it'll be pretty hard this with the amount of people we'll just be going now 
eight eight thirty p.m. workouts. Yeah, that's when the big dogs do nice. it. Get away from the get away from the paparazzi. Go eight p.m. Yeah, Jakob just got to do. Jingy, I mean, jingies, jingy, jingle, jingies. jingle bells, <laughs> jingle bells. Speaking of uh, jingle bells, we have a couple of race recaps, as you guys listening know. I think we'll start off first with George, just going chronological order. George took a trip to back to LA, third time, racing another steeple there. Uh, how was it, man? It was it was an interesting two-day meet. We talked about how big it was going into it. You were on the distance night, Friday night. And I've heard reports that the weather was, once again, a bit of a letdown, et cetera, et cetera. But it was a really solid race. So, yeah, how was the trip for you? The meet? <clears throat> the meet actually delivered in a big way, I would say. I was I was quite impressed with whoever put it on. USATF, I guess. Um, they actually came through. It felt, it almost felt like pre-classic at this time of year, like, but not in Eugene. Like, it felt like just a big US meet, like, very nice hotel at UCLA. Like, everything was so down to the little things, just, like, very well put together, which was which is pretty cool to be at. And obviously the Saturday meet was pretty high roller. Um, but yeah, back to LA. Feels like I just go back and forth every few weeks to LA at the moment, which is not too bad because it's pretty easy, honestly. Um, and yeah, got into another steeple. Obviously we talked about last week, like obviously the goal or the A goal was, you know, hopefully getting a race that was going the standard. Um and and put my nose in and then and try and tick that off but didn't turn out that way um i mean it's tough to get in a race that goes the standard especially in the u.s like they didn't provide a or we didn't find a pacer either way um i don't know if like no one's willing to get a pacer or it's, it's quite hard to get i'm imagining a steeple pacer that can run like 65s that isn't just wanting to be in the race already we thought for like there was talk of the day of that we were gonna find the kid who'd just run regionals like the day before, but hadn't made nationals, who so was gonna like come back and run like a K or something, but didn't end up happening. So John Gay paced it, which apparently he does every single time anyway. He said afterwards, he's like, If you run a steeple in the US, you can pretty much rely on me to be at the front. So kudos to him for doing that. Um wasn't quite you know, it wasn't an eight ten race, but great race up front by the those guys. NCAA champ from last year, I think, won the race. An eight seventeen. Um George was third in eight eight twenty one. Which bit fucking frustrating, honestly. Um Yeah, I was I was pretty annoyed after. Well just like it's it's frustrating to run to go back and run the exact same race a couple of weeks later, pretty much just felt like i could have taken a big step if if everything kind of lined up um and struggled in the water a bit this time i don't know if anyone was watching or has it's hard to describe but the water jump at ucla is is like right off the end of the straight it's not like they've made a new curve and put it halfway between they've just put a straight line between like 200 meter mark and just a point on the curve they just drew a straight line and dropped the barrier like four or five strides 
off the end of the straight, which was definitely made the approach a little more awkward and felt like I wasn't as smooth over the water jumps. And it, and most people said that, honestly. And then you had to take like, I almost felt like a 90 degree turn, like back onto the track. So that was a bit of a bummer. And then, yeah, it wasn't like a race where I, where I felt good and then got tired. Like it got hard a few laps in. I just, I felt pretty flat pretty early on. And, and that's tough in a steeple where like you want to feel bouncy, you want to feel fresh and, and feel like the hurdles are, are no big deal, but just jumping was feeling a bit, bit harder than I would have liked. And yeah, another 820, which is, I mean, it's weird to think that that's like, I would, that would have got me to Tokyo and Eugene, <laughs> which is pretty weird, but like, it just feels like going out and running 1325 or something or, or 337. It's like good enough that people will say nice job. It's like, yeah, but it's like also that annoying time that like is just a little away from what you want. And I've, and I've yeah. run like 1325 to 1330 a lot and it's fucking annoying. <laughs> and now I don't want to keep running 820 a bunch. Just like, yeah. Yeah. I would anyway. say your, but your, the bar is very high. Like you've said, you're setting the bar very high for yourself. And I think that is the nature of it now that they put the standard at 815, because previously if someone ran 815 in the steeple, that's pretty crazy. I mean, we've talked about it before. That's essentially your national record. So even though you're disappointed, your bar is set extremely high. And as you said, that time would have qualified you for previous championships. And I'm you I think that you can rely that if you continually ran that time, your ranking would be up there. And you if you especially if you're doing it in races like that and getting, you know, those extra points for coming third. So it's I see where you're coming from, but it's still a pretty it's a pretty amazing um it's pretty amazing that you've only done three steeples and the bar is so high. If you look at it like that, you know, like you, that's kind of like, you can know that you can go and run 820, even when you're feeling flat, as you said. And I have to imagine that the steeple has got to be an event where on your good days, it feels so good, but on the not so good days, it must feel so much worse just because the barriers would just magnify everything. It's not an event you don't want to feel good for. <laughs> like it's, you definitely <laughs> yeah. want to feel recovered for it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think you did great. I mean, you had a really solid finish with some really good guys in there and I could tell watching you run it that you wanted to be just up a little bit more and feeling a bit more comfortable. Um, I saw you yeah, having that was a, almost the thing. Were, like, yeah. I kind of, I just couldn't even get to like the front, which is where I would have liked to be kind of just got stuck in like mm -hmm. fourth, fifth, sixth, and just didn't have like the pop to, to get around people um yeah but had a decent a decent last hundred to to sneak by uh old big bird and and john gay <laughs> yeah um, so i mean that's there was some, that's a honestly, that's i think quality. the weather was pretty good there were there were some good races that night pretty epic uh 5k by abdi hamid shout out heading the deck it was amazing heading the deck in the first 200 meters getting up and running 1305 from the front the last k dude's insane that's so yeah, impressive i don't know what his last 800 was but once he took it the way that he just went for it and closed so hard he looked extremely strong he looks so good i remember like when that. when he passed us like we were at the 200 mark and he passed us and we were like, like doing the maths and he had to run like 229 to get the standard so he, his last k must have been like 228 maybe 
Wow. And he looked, and yeah, was, he did look really he, good. Like that's when he came around and took the lead. Yeah. And another, uh, the high school 5k record got broken by, was it Lex or Leo? I'm not sure which young brother Gosh. did it, but I don't know. Run fast while you're young, as they say. Got the got the five k record, which is just silly to think how quick those kids are racing. I'm very happy that I'm not an American high schooler in this era because I'm pretty sure I was running like fourteen twenty at that time, and I'd be I'd be a minute, almost a minute behind these kids that are just crushing it. So they've really just changed the whole game. It's really silly to think about. So yeah, it was a great night, and then uh, Josette the next day. Competed in the 1500 and ran four flat. Did she come third or fourth? Third. third? Behind Which, Ethiopian and a dark sky Katie girl who ran Snowden. four flat point zero four or something. <laughs> so She also closed close. in a 60, I think. And the Ethiopian girl closed in a 59 to run 357 or whatever it was. So The 1500 was a really impressive day. Fire, yeah, and the men's fifteen hundred. Ollie, do you have any comments on the men's fifteen hundred? Um, I think like Tim, Tim doing Tim things, man. Like he's one of those guys that can just go out there and like run three thirty one, purely off just being as talented as he is. I think the probably the highlight for me was Hobbs Kessler. I think it's a lot of people's highlights. Three thirty two. Um, I loved his interview with Citrus Mag afterwards saying that he was sick of getting his ass kicked domestically. <laughs> he wanted to put himself in it, put his nose in it, and he was rewarded with a two-second two second PB, I think it was. I think it was 334 before that. Um, it's just amazing to see because those sort of situations with high schoolers, um, getting those big deals, a lot of ex- uh, expectations, anticipation of like what they can do. But I think he's been one of those guys that like he's had some performances that maybe he wasn't really feeling like he was – um, hitting his potential at that point, like last year, I think he was running 36, um, 37s maybe, but now like hitting 32, like he's shown how strong and uh, how talented he is. So he's going to be crushing it. Cooper Tier getting, uh, I think he was second. Was Cooper Tier second or third? No, he was behind Hobbs. Third. Hob- Hob- Hobbs third. was second. So Hobbs was second, yeah. There were two Chariots. Yeah. Oh, Chariot sorry, one. Yeah, you're correct. Chariot one, Hobbs caught um, teardrop at the end, right? Two- yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, great run from uh, Cooper Teardrop as well. Three thirty-two. Like now, those two guys have the standard. It gives um, Yarrett a bit of competition. I think he'd be a bit too bored at USA Champs if he didn't have a little bit of competition. Keep him on his toes. But um, pretty, pretty uh, awesome racing there. Like it's nice to see that uh, boys, particularly domestically, can get like shots at fast races like that. Because I think everyone thinks, oh, I was going to go to Europe and try and run fast, and uh, people can do it. Uh, in the US too, so really cool to see. I didn't believe Chariot was running until I saw him <laughs> in the hotel. I was like, why would Tim Chariot come all the way to LA? Because it was Nike. It was a Nike who sponsored me. He probably had it in his requirement for his contract. Jingy wasn't there. Yeah, but th- Jingy's a bit different, I think, with the European system. And like, he's probably done a lot other events like Berlin, um, which I think is also Nike sponsored. But I mean, that's a. Year. That's a plausible theory because they. I know I talked to some Nike guys and they did say they had to be there. I, I think it's like but, one of the requirements that you can do. And I think Tim, like, he probably looked at it. He likes going to the US. He's, he's talked about his fondness for pre. So, I mean, if it's a good situation, a good race, I mean, he definitely took advantage of it. And I also heard that maybe. He got... Sorry, I have a weird theory. Maybe they tricked him and they told him it was pre. <laughs> and then he turned up and he's like, wait, this isn't pre. This is the wrong city. Well, they did tell him that it was going to be a mile for a few days, 
and he refused to come. <laughs> so they changed it. They changed it back to a fifteen hundred because yeah. otherwise he wasn't going to go. Was he coming from Kenya or was he coming from America? Do you know where he was training before it? Because it seems like Rabat is a lot closer. But <laughs> exactly, that's why. I, that's why I was like, no way, Tim Trio actually shows up. I mean, we don't know the situation. Potentially, Nike or USATF could have given him an appearance fee. I mean, he is a world champion, so a guy like yes. that deserves an appearance fee to turn up to a big meet. Definitely. He's got a good fan base. He's a great bloke, and he's also one of those guys where you know if he's in the field, it's going to be a pretty competitive race or fast race. So. Um, I'm, I'm sure there was something in the agreement. Maybe it's to do with his contract or maybe he got some money, but maybe he just decided that the LA meet was a meet that he was more preferred to do than Rabat, you know? So, but it is, it is strange because Rabat would have been a closer travel for him, but you know, it, you could say vice versa for me, Yara to Mario. Why did we go to <laughs> Rabat instead of running LA Grand Prix? You know, you just don't know what races are going to pull out, what times or what situations are going to happen. It's just, you pick the race that you're going to do whether it's a 23-hour trip or a 90-minute trip, you just pick that race and you, yeah. and you look forward to racing against whatever competition you have. So that's the way it goes. Yeah, that's true. That's Tim very, Chira, it's very well put. Tim Chirot never runs like 336 either. Like no, he's no. going somewhere. He's running like 331, 332. Yeah. He's also running at least 350 for the mile too. So he's a guy that turns up and, and gets competitive at that top level. I really loved him and it was cool to see him get the dub and he has the world lead. So it's, uh, it's awesome for him. Yeah, and definitely awesome for those US boys as well. The fact that... 100%. Am, am I correct in saying that that Hobbs time was the fastest time ever by an American on American soil? Did I you guys I see that? That, I, that yeah. is correct because the American, my soil, the American soil record is with Josh Kerr at 331. But I don't know if Tim... It was, it was Evan and he was 32.99 or something. Yeah, I don't think Tim broke yeah. Josh Kerr's US soil record. I think Kerr still has it because they would have mentioned it potentially, but I could yeah. be wrong. Um, but yeah, that's the fastest by a US uh, athlete on US soil. So good on Hobbs and good on very nice track club. It's easy to forget he's yeah. 20 years old. Yeah, he's a young he's a young gun. He'll be pretty talented coming through. I'm excited to watch him at USA's as well. Like battle it out with with Yard. So it'll be pretty cool to watch. Yeah, blows my mind. But I think that's a nice uh, segue into more 1500 meter running, which was always just mentioned how long the trip was to get out to Morocco. Uh, it's we were talking about it before. We were joking about because, uh, yeah, when you travel from the US to Africa, it's always going to be a crazy trip. But I know the boys were really excited because it was an amazing field going into it and an opportunity to go race. I think we all really enjoyed the places that this sport takes us. And I think Morocco is somewhere a great example of that. So, how were those first few days when you landed in Africa? I don't, are you the, have you been to Africa, George? Mm hmm. But Southern oh, Africa, like South Africa. Take that box. So yeah, I was jealous because I've never been there. But uh, yeah, yeah, how was Morocco? Uh, it, was, it was amazing. It was very different. Um, it was also like kind of what I expected, but it was very uh, lovely place. I think in my list of diamond leagues that I've done, purely from hospitality, hotel, uh, meat, um, atmosphere, scheduling, everything like that, I think Rabat's now my top three of Diamond Leagues. It was really well run. Hospitality was incredible. Um, we got chaperoned like straight off the plane. It was a very long trip, just to give you guys a bit of reference. So we flew um, from Denver to Chicago, and then we flew from Chicago to Paris. Then we had to go through uh, numerous checkpoints where Yarod's um, 
uh, laundry-soaked passport didn't scan, so he had to go through separate tunnels to get through to the next checkpoint. But he made the flight, don't worry. Um, we got from Paris to Rabat, and it was just a, it was a long journey. And we got in. They took us straight through. They cut the line to the diplomat line for the passport check-in. We got stamps. They took us on the, the um, athlete transport. We went straight through past the Royal Palace into this beautiful hotel. Uh, very, very, very nice people. Had a very, like, food was amazing. Just the whole kind of setup of the meet was great. The only issue I did have with it, it wasn't very friendly to distance runners. Not many places to run. We spent a lot of time on the treadmills. Um, we did some, you know, pre-race shakeout with, with Jingi and, and um, Fingy. So, that was a good time. And leading into the race, stadium was massive. Very cool. I think it was there's like a section in the stadium. You probably don't see it unless El Bacali's coming up to get a, get a kiss from the king of Morocco. But the royal family sits there for the meet. Um, it's pretty dope. And they have free they, transport. They showed the politicians a lot during El Bacali's race. They kept showing the politicians because they were going yeah, the, crazy. The, those are the royal, that's the royal family. So um, the royal family was there. Um, the buses that were pick up, picking up people was public transport. It was free. It was free entry for uh, Moroccans. So that was it was amazing. It was very, very loud. Same kind of situation happens, except this year it was handled where I think people knew that the crowd wasn't going to be quiet and everyone just knew just to go off the gun. So when we started the 1500-meter race, the kids were just not – they were not quieting down. They had videos. They had a lion kind of trying to, to I shush saw people. I that. Do they just – do they like think it's funny? Or what they're just not interested in they, being they, quiet? I, don't I saw think, them like all trying to get. I don't people think to be they. Uh, I don't you think they hear know it on the commentary like so loud. Yeah, I don't think they know. Like they just, they just don't. They're just having a good time just and they're celebrating. Now, yeah. yeah, just getting really excited and amped for the race. I mean, there was an issue with the hurdles. Um, Devin Allen almost got DQ'd again for false styling, but it was to do with the crowd being too loud. So they were trying to calm them down, and it was the same thing for the fifteen hundred. Um. But yeah, I um, just racing, recapping my race, like definitely going in, pretty nervous. Like, first big race uh, after a while, like a bit of time getting you know ready for the big season ahead. And my goal, I think I talked about last week, was to, to try and move on Jakob um, at the best possible time. I was able to get a decent start. Uh, once I walked out on the track, it was beautiful weather. We got to the line and then it got really windy. So... Um, that was a good advantage for me because I was able to get a decent start, lock in behind uh, Jingi, get a good view while we uh, roll through the laps. And I think the second lap was 59. Um, so it slowed down quite a bit from, I think the initial lap was 55.7. So we knew then it wasn't just going to be a fast race. It was more of a tactical situation. Um, and I was trying to go at the right time. I felt amazing. I felt like it was a classic thing from Oslo where I was like, okay, I can get him. Like, this is the race. I'm feeling great, feeling prepared. And then um, when I got to the back straight, I was thinking of making a move, but the wind kind of came in, a little bit of gust. And I was like, oh, if I stay behind him and I get sheltered from this wind, I might be able to um, get him around the, the bend of the straight. And he was just way too um, classy for that. And he was able to kick down really hard. And I just didn't have the legs in the last 100 meters. And then Yarad uh, took his time to, to come past me and, and, and take second place. And I finished third and, and ran 333, which is like the best um, season opener, even in a tactical t- situation of a race. Like that's the fastest open I've had since being a pro. And I remember going like to the courtroom and sitting down and being uh, like very, very brief, brief moment, being extremely disappointed 
just thinking like it's the same old, same old. Like I get behind Jakob in the first race or first outing of Diamond League and then I just can't be competitive with him at all. Um, but I quickly changed my tone on it, thinking positively of like is the, I'm a pretty good situation personally if, if I'm disappointed with a third place in the Diamond League um, with that kind of field. So I definitely took a lot of positives out of it in that regard. But it was definitely a situation where I got to grow and learn from this race and hopefully be more competitive with him and with, with Yarrett in the future. Uh, but yeah, I just didn't have the legs the last 100 metres, was able to come through with a third place in the Diamond League. So still pretty amazing achievement. Um, I was cupping a bit of slack on social media um, from people saying that we just let um, Jakob take the race. And I mean, fair to them. Like, you, you definitely want to try and take a bit of control away from him, but you got to remember this guy is the best in the world and he's run 328 and 346. So it's very hard to kind of take control off him if he's in a good situation and is able to close down in 26 low. And um, personally, yeah, I, it was it was a good good meet and I um, took a lot away of it and took a lot away from it, sorry, and, and very proud of where I am at the moment. And hopefully there's a lot of growth in the next couple of weeks leading into Oslo because I think uh, me, Yara and Mario are, very keen to, to run a, a really fast race and Oslo is going to be a pretty stacked field. I think besides Jake Wyman, it's pretty much a world final um, with the amount of caliber of athletes in there. So uh, yeah, that's my recap. I was pretty, pretty excited and people there were amazing. Uh, shout out to Rabat and everyone involved, volunteers and uh, the, everyone turning up, showing out and being excited about track and field. We did do a workout afterwards, just a little uh, fun time where we worked out and um, Fingy and Jingy were working out and there was fireworks after the race. It went for, I not kid you not, 30 minutes. 30 minutes straight of fireworks no way. and we didn't see them coming and then they went off and it sounded like gunshots and then me, Mario, and I just went straight to the floor. <laughs> we were doing a workout and we just heard these gunshots go off. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? And then we turn around and there's these beautiful fireworks going off of the uh, green and red Moroccan colors and they definitely put on a, uh, a great meet. So, uh, kudos to them and we had a great time there we were just we the travel from there though to st moritz was hard we only got about two hours of sleep and then we had to be on a bus to flight through um from rabat to paris paris to zurich and then a four-hour train ride from zurich to st moritz so sage myself um mario and yara were very very tired it was another long trip but uh it was definitely worth it we had a great time does it i feel like the question yeah. is you've You've ticked, have you, do you feel like you've ticked off the Rabat Diamond League or, or would you go back next year? So I spoke to Ritz about it and it, the meet was amazing. Like the whole, everything was, it was one of those meets where it was really, really well run, nice food, nice accommodation. Everyone really enjoyed being there and it was a different place. Like it wasn't um, somewhere where you expect to go. Uh, Morocco was very cool. Like the, there's an outdoor mall just made out of like sandstone. And with like massive palm trees just like around the place. It was beautiful. It was a really cool place. Um, obviously, I'm describing the very wealthy sections. There are sections where they're underpoverished and, and quite, you know, um, quite terrible. Uh, Wait, didn't you get uh, just a small scam? I did get scammed. Yeah, I got scammed. Well, <laughs> tell, technically, tell us Mario, about the scam story. Tell, technically, Mario got scammed, but we, were, we went for a, we just wanted to get out of the hotel. So we went for a walk around the mall uh, to grab some coffee and, uh, I mean, look at me. I'm a blue-eyed bloke. I'm pretty easy to spot out in, in Rabat. And we went up to get a coffee. And so they saw you coming. They saw me coming. <laughs> we got out to get a coffee. And, and Mario tried to speak Spanish to see if some of them spoke Spanish. But it was mostly French or Arabic. Um, we got five coffees. And Mario scanned his card. And it came up with a green tick. But we couldn't read what it said. 
um, it was in Arabic and she kind of kept saying that it wasn't going through, it wasn't paid for. But then Mario said, no, no, like we scanned it. I think it went through. We picked up our coffees and, and left because we, we had the ticket and everything. Anyway, so we had our coffees and then we were going to bring the tray back because we thought, oh, we can't leave the tray here. We probably have to bring it back. We go back and she keeps saying that the thing we didn't go through and we didn't want to cause any trouble. Um, so she's saying that they only take cash because the card thing is not working. Uh, so I went, okay, I'll go down and withdraw some cash. So I withdrawed some uh, some uh, currency there and came back and paid for it. So it was $7 for five coffees. And then we paid another $7. But I did feel like when I was coming up, I was like, I think they're scamming us. So I said, Mario, can you please check the transaction if it went through? Um, but he didn't have a service. So we had to wait to get back to the hotel. Sure enough, it went through and uh, she double bubbled. So I gave her a tip. Uh, definitely, definitely love a bit of, bit of grinding there. Uh, but we, yeah, I mean, 14 bucks for five coffees. That's like pretty good price, pretty good price <laughs> compared to like what you used to. That's in what I was going to say. Two coffees is $18. So. Still coming um, out on top. Still coming out on top, mm. supporting the community. Uh, that's what I felt. <laughs> Boosting the economy. <laughs> Boosting the economy in Rabat with our $7 extra uh, payment for our coffees. But yeah, it was amazing. I, with Ritz, I kind of said, oh, I'd love to do it again, but I don't think the travel... I think I we underestimated the travel. Like, obviously, you can't complain about travel or anything like that affecting your racing and stuff. But a lot of the athletes were coming from Spain um, and other places that were about like they were about a forty-five, fifty-minute trip, and we had a you know twenty-one hour trip. So it was it was a long trip uh, to to then go and perform, which we did. Um, Mario got caught behind. I think he would, he could have come through a lot lot better, but. In general, Ritz would say, oh, we've got to be at least in Europe or somewhere maybe 10 days before if you really want to be competitive at Rabat. Um, but I'd love to do that meet again. I think it was fantastic. It's definitely one of my top three Diamond League experiences, and I'm fortunate enough to have a few of those, uh, just depending on what Ritz wants to do with that moving forward. I think I think he would probably lean against it just purely from the travel situation, not from the meet. The meet was amazing, but more he'd want us in St. Marines relaxed, composed, bit of time under our belts and and i think the travel to to here to st moritz has also taken a lot out of us um as well so we just need to to recess recoup and and then really enjoy our time in europe uh which is what we're doing now but yeah you could see us in the future going there i'd love to go back it was uh it was amazing yeah it was yeah i think you guys all did pretty great like and you already mentioned yard came through for second which is huge. And then Mario also had a great season opener. He was caught back a bit, as you said. I don't know if you probably, Ollie, you probably, you and Jakob definitely raced that the best. I got everyone. I don't know if you, did you notice how much carnage there was behind you in the first 200 of that race? Like it was going out yes. so quick and there's so many people. So I, I, the past few 1500s I've run because of the way the 1500 has been run now, it's everyone's like, got to get out, got to get out, got to get out. But if you watch other guys run is that they get out, get clear and then the next bend like 200 meter uh into this to home straight that's when you position um jingy and stewie have figured that out yeah and i i kind of all the way around the outside and then pick whatever spot they want so i don't know if you watch but i kind of did the same thing i kind of figured it out and thought like don't panic now just get clear of people and then make your move 200 in because a lot of those guys can't keep that pace going like it's like it's, they're going out in 12, 13 seconds. That pace isn't going to continue. So there is time to move through and, and progress. And I was able to get behind Jakob uh, in a good position. And then once I was there and I kind of composed myself, I thought, wow, I feel amazing. It slowed down. I think this is the race where I can I can close. And yeah, there was a bit of carnage. Mario said he got caught behind a few people and he couldn't progress through because he, was, he couldn't really get through on the outside. And those issues will happen. But I think in Oslo, 
just we're not going to do obviously a, a preview of Oslo yet, but I think that race is going to be c- completely different because you're going to have the whole field being able to go with that pace lineup and then keep going, keep progressing. So um, you won't really get caught. If you get caught behind someone, you're still running 57, 56 pace. So it will be uh, be interesting to see how that There's goes. Yeah, no, no 59s in Oslo. There'll be no 59 no, laps 59, in Oslo. <laughs> yeah, that was the one thing I did talk to Ritz about that I was kind of like, maybe I should have just taken the lead and kept squeezing because even though I potentially would have got caught anyway, like with the guys behind me and with the wind, um, I would have made it a quicker race and I think it might have taken the kick out of some people because my strength is is there, but my, my my speed at the end is definitely not. So, But yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, but it was a mm-hmm. great race. It was nice to see uh, Jingi again. He's got some extra tattoos now, so it's good to see. Reunited. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't comment on my new tattoos, but it's fine. I'm, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to keep progressing, and, and hopefully he'll notice them in Oslo. <laughs> no, that's a great, that's a great, uh, some great takeaways there. And also, we should definitely mention shout out to Sage coming yeah. third and eight hundred, picking up right where she left off, looking very good for um, her first eight hundred of the season in a very stacked field as well. That was like a very quality 800. So she's looking great as well. And um, then she's actually off to Florence. We'll do a very quick preview. The crew is racing in Florence, Diamond League, which is Friday of this week. So likely when you listen to this podcast, there's a good chance it'll already have happened. But just want to give a shout out to our teammates that are racing there. We have Joe in the 5K. Did you guys see that Woody just got added? Mm. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, he just got added in. So uh, everyone's there in the 5K. It'll be, and we already talked about how crazy that 5K is going to be. So it'll be an amazing one. And then we have Sage pacing the 1500, which is, according to her Instagram caption, a world record attempt, which also has Josette and Cinta in the field. So they're all trying to do amazing things out there. So we hope that you guys are cheering for them or have already cheered for them and all that. But um, yeah, fully in the swing of things. Boys and Samaritz, Diamond League's happening. I wish I was there. My only update is that, one, the weather is, like, beautiful here again. Like, it's perfect. And, two, I don't know if, George, you saw my Strava, but I decided to do a caffeine detox. I was just about day. to ask you about this. I want, I want to hear details. <laughs> Can I ask why? <laughs> so, when Tom Wang was here, I felt like we drank a lot of coffee. I mean, we did drink a lot of coffee, and... I used to do this like more regularly. Sometimes I like to have a little detox so that if I'm drinking one coffee a day, I feel content because I'm think I think that I was getting to the point where like I really felt like I needed like two or three coffees, and I I like to drink two sometimes, but I don't like to feel like I need to drink two. So I decided to try a little reset, and this is like the worst thing ever. Like I felt so bad, and it because it coincides with these big bumps like my mileage is increasing a lot every week so my legs are shattered every single run right now and now like my mind and my body are also shattered so it's just the most painful like it's it's so bad right now and so i think i'm only going to do like three days and then i'll come back three day detail like not even tea nothing yeah nothing nothing i just because it it sucks no mountain mountain dew god damn it but yeah, when I run is like when it's at its worst because the first half an hour, hour, I think your body's like kind of the same always. And then I'm used to getting that burst of energy and goodness and I just don't have that. So then, yeah, when I go for the run, I feel terrible. And then 
it's midday now. I start feeling like pretty normal and good again. So, yeah, that's um. You should you should let us know how you feel coming off the detox if it's like a big peak, because oh, uh, young Beetlejuice was telling me in LA that he does a mini detox before the race, like the couple of yeah. days before, and then hits caffeine before the race. See, I'm I'm so looking forward to that first coffee whenever I get to drink it again. Like it's gonna feel so good. But I just don't know if it's worth it, like putting yourself through this pain for just that one hit. But I guess yeah, we'll we'll find out. Uh, next week um I'll give the the recap of the detox. But we sound like yeah. Yeah, no, it does actually <laughs> it's like AA or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can all charge you counseling session. Dude, it's it's brutal out here. Uh but yeah, I think that's it for us. Anything else from St. Moritz boys? Not a lot to add. Not a lot to add. Coffee has improved slightly because um, the our, our friends at On have been kind enough to provide actually a very nice espresso machine. Yeah. No, it's been... It's, it's It's, it's yeah. definitely like the one thing that Quality I... Quality of life has just gone through the roof. Gone through the roof. Because the one thing I complained about personally was like just not being able to get a good coffee um, and like having that machine and just being able to be in control of what coffee you get also it's a lot cheaper than going out and spending six seven francs for a, for a coffee so we're, we're very thankful to on for dropping off a coffee machine here in the st Moritz apartments pretty yeah. cool well that's huge that's huge for team morale and um yeah with that i think we'll close out episode 88 thank you very much everyone for listening we'll see you guys next week